0: It's time for the Contempo Coding Podcast. Discussions, knowledge, and insight to help you succeed in the medical coding industry. And now, here's your host, Victoria.
1: Hey everyone, welcome back to the channel. Today I have with me Christine Hall. You may know her from Coding with Christine Hall. She is the President and Senior Consulting of Sterling Global Solutions And she has some instructor work for the
0: AAPC as well. I'm a virtual instructor-led training course instructor. I teach CPC, CPB, CPMA, CRC. Uh, (laughs) That's a lot. Yeah. (laughs) And you teach at a school too? Florida Atlantic University. Okay. I teach uh, their executive management program for uh, practice administrators. Yeah, okay. Okay. Uh, So, yeah, you kind of cover the South Florida area. That's where my – I have family down
1: there. I have two cousins that run a – They own and operate a brewery. Wow. Boynton Beach called Nobo. No kidding. (laughs) That is awesome. So, yeah, I haven't been down there yet because I'm always in Orlando, which is not close to like there. People think
0: Florida. Oh, yes, I'm coming to Florida. I'd love to to connect with you. I'm going to Tallahassee. And I'm like, I am so incredibly far away from that
1: it looks kind of small but when you realize how much it goes from north to south it's yeah. it's a long distance absolutely yeah. so can you tell us about your journey into healthcare and how that evolved into your current role mm-hmm. as the
0: president senior consultant of sterling well um it all started one beautiful afternoon just it was <laughs> Um, I was actually 16 and I was looking for a job. Mm-hmm. And um, my father said, Open the phone book and find something. It opened. I mean, yeah, what a unique perspective, right? <laughs> it opened up to the hospital. Not open the classified end. No. Open the phone book. Open the phone book. <laughs> yes. So, phone book opens and it's the hospital. So, I go down to the hospital and they said, Well, we have a position in the billing office. I have no idea what that is because, again, I'm so green. Um, But I got to work with the cashier who at the time that title also did all the postings. Okay, so they got to see the denials for the hospital and I got to see the denials because really when you're the assistant to anybody, you're the one who does the work. Right. And You know, make them look good. Um, So I got to see these denials and I really enjoyed them and I liked working with them. That position took me to another hospital position, took me to a practice management position assistant position took me to a director of medical records um and then i had my baby my my youngest son and i fell in love with this child i loved the other one too they're all i love them i love you all <laughs> equally
1: she goes right. i have you, all of her yes. children all of her students yes yes yeah. i love you all
0: <laughs> <laughs> however this little bitty guy i i was i had to, a beautiful job to go back to mm-hmm. And he was breaking my heart, hmm. so I actually went to the unemployment office. I thought, well, I'll go there and see if they can if they have any suggestions I don't know what I'm going to do, but I have a job to go back to um and the gentleman sitting in the booth next to adjacent to the man I was talking to, he stood up and he says "I'm sorry I didn't mean to overhear you, but there's a lady in another office whose sister owns a billing company, and I don't even know if they're hiring so um Long story short, we met, we fell in love with each other, and I started working for the billing company that she owned, and she had a health scare, so she sold me the company. Oh, gosh. Yeah, and uh, and it just evolved from there. I had the billing company 17 years, and then, uh, you know, you transition into more of a consultant role at that point after you've had that much experience, so...
1: So fun. I have to ask, what was then your educational background? Because it sounds almost like you graduated high school, looked in the phone book, found a job. Like, was there any no, sort well,
0: of college had, involved? Yes, yeah. yes. So I had gone to college. Okay. And in, immediately I had started off in, like, just a business program. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, as I got into healthcare, they had a health information management program. So I went into okay. that initially. But then the, when I went to school, there was nothing past that. Right. So I went into sociology. And, uh, so that's where my background is in education was started with health information management, went into sociology. Um, and now I have applied, fingers crossed, uh, Florida State's master's in healthcare law. Oh, wow. We'll Exciting. I always think it's so interesting because I remember when I
1: was starting out, I would ask some of the, higher ups in the revenue cycle, because I wanted to, you know, move up the ladder. And I would say, oh, well, how did you get into your role? And it was always the story I was told was, well, you know, I graduated high school and I went for my bachelor's degree and then I became manager
0: of the department. And now I'm director. And I'm like, oh, no. okay." mine was a little (laughs) grassrooty because it took me a long time. You know, I had a slew of kids. Their needs came before my needs did. But I needed to be in a position that I could support them. So it wasn't like that. It was. I climbed that ladder hard and earned every ream of the ladder because um, I didn't have the luxury of going to college. I I made different choices in life, Um, but I was always in love with this industry. Yeah. So
1: you've been involved in training and educating a lot of others in medical coding. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: what, as you love the industry, what's the most rewarding part of that? The light bulb moment. It's got to be the light bulb moment. I don't know if that's cliche and if other people say that, but when I see someone go from furrowed brow to like for me, that's that's like the highest high you could possibly
1: achieve. Yeah. And uh, I was talking with Myra Simmons uh, recently, who does a lot of teaching as well. Yeah. I said, you know, the two topics everyone seems to always cover have problems with cardiology, mm-hmm. and evaluation and management.
0: I love those evaluation are the- <laughs> and management,
1: though. But it's one of those ones where you have a lot of the light bulb moments. because yes. You re- you read it, and you read it, and, you re- and then something, like, I don't know if maybe someone explains it a different way, or you look at it in a different way, and it's like, oh, now it
0: clicks. <laughs> so I share with my students, I'm also an equestrian. Mm-hmm. So I ride horses, and I have all my life. And, and there was a woman once that gave me the best advice, and she said, You have to learn from everybody. You learn from the good. You learn from the bad. Mm -hmm. Someone is finally going to say something in a way that hits you. So whether it's me, whether it's Myra, whether it's you, whether it is any other instructor out there, my recommendation is learn. Even if it's somebody bad, you learn what you don't like. You learn that's not your learning style, you know? Yeah. And
1: we're in such a lucky era now because there's just so much information out there and to share and I think we're still getting better quality information now. Like you know, a few years ago, there used to be blogs and it was like this was some billing lady's opinion on things. Yeah. But we're starting to see an emergence of some really good quality information being Absolutely. shared.
0: Um, and I think we also have to remind people that um, good information should always have a backing to yes. it. a source. Yes. Never, ever say, Christine told me. You should say, Christine showed me where it says that uh, this is the rule, this is the guide, this is how we do it. Yeah.
1: And people don't realize sometimes they can change, like, you know, the (laughs) MAC jurisdictions. In one, it might say, oh, yeah, prescription drug management or refill is okay for moderate risk. Others,
0: no. Right. Uh, You know, so. Some MACs have time limits for documentation, while other MACs are, well, it's, you know, we would like this. We recommend. Others have firm timelines. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. So, what are some of the
1: common misconceptions you've encountered in the medical billing and coding field?
0: Well, what's interesting is because I go so far back in this industry, and I think the the largest misconception is that um, you will have great success in a short amount of time. Oh, yeah. And and I think that. There is great success in this industry. Oh, yeah. But it takes a time and it takes a lot of work. Yes. And it's not something you're going to take a certificate course and tomorrow be making, you know, six-figure income. Not that you can't. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's 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 possible. Right. I think there's some hyperbole surrounding Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the reality is you have to start somewhere. Uh, I always give the analogy of medical billing and coding is kind of the equivalent to um giving your accountant full run of your finances yeah. and and that's really what we're doing for the providers is is running their finances for yeah. them so there is some responsibility behind that it hurts if you fall and how do you pick yourself back up yeah, yeah. If I saw some things that looked suspicious moving around mm-hmm. on my my
1: accounts, I'd wanna I'd wanna be like, what the hell's going on? Here? Right, right, right. You just you just
0: got out of school and you want to take over my bank account, and my finances? <laughs> right, but people need to be realistic about that. Not that it can't happen, but it's going to take a little time. Yeah. So we've seen a lot of movement in the industry lately with people that
1: are getting certified in medical coding and they're either not staying in the field or they can't even like get started in the field, um, especially those entry-level positions. Mm -hmm. How do you think that the medical coding industry can better reach, better attract and retain the right talent?
0: We need to have more um, externship type of arrangements where, there's actually an organization that does a, a coding university for the first 90 days of employment. Mm-hmm. I think employers are going to have to realize that those first 90 days is, yeah. are crucial and you've got to give people the opportunity to learn, but, but to learn in a, in a comfortable environment. Um, how your organization does that. Mm-hmm. So I think that the industry itself needs to start being a little bit more accepting. Um, Again, there's a fine line because we're talking about um, there's a huge cost to learning to the provider's office or to the organization. And um, but we've got to find a happy median somewhere there to bring those coders in and to retain them. I think that's what's disappointing for some coders is that they get their certificate and they've passed this really tough exam and. Now they're struggling to find that opportunity.
1: Yeah, there's just that gap. And I say that's always the one thing, if I could fix it, I would. That gap between, okay, I know you're a certified coder, you want to get a coding job, and here's all of these jobs, but they want two years experience. We have to do something to bridge this gap. And uh, to your point, yeah, a lot of it is the employers, they don't want to train. And it admittedly is a lot, and they do Mm -hmm. take on a risk that we could spend two, three months training someone, and then they leave and we have to restart the process. So there's got to be some kind of solution. And whoever I'm sure is figures that out is going to be a millionaire. Absolutely. <laughs> no doubt about that. Um, no doubt about that. Yeah. And uh, it's, you know, the solution, I think part of it has always been like, well, you have to create entry level positions. If there's some sort of maybe claim edit position that you could put your apprentice coder in to right. start getting them familiar. But uh the what? trick is now with AI,
0: I think some of that is gonna complicate things. It is. Yeah. Well okay, so I have a few thoughts on this. So years ago, um, when I had the billing company, our local state college did have an an in-person externship that was part of their health information management program. They've done away with that now. And they they've got a virtual platform that that they put their students through. And I've noticed that a lot of the colleges have a virtual platform for externship, and it's not in the office anymore. Um, There's a lot to be said about those externs that come in, and we do use them for payment posting, or we use them for denial follow-up, or we use them for some of those tasks that maybe have built up that, and that's where they learn, Yeah, is on the job, and those externships are going away. I don't see those as much as they used yeah. to be. Yeah. And that would be helpful in the industry if we brought some of those back.
1: Yeah. And I think it is, you know, a hurdle to figure out how to make that work,
0: even at, like the, with the virtual ones.
1: Some of them I don't think are even true virtual externships. They're like modules. Right. Exactly. They're not really like right. you're signing on and meeting with, on a Zoom with Jen in accounting and, right. she's, you know, telling you what she does and screen sharing. It's, yeah, it's... If you could go back in time, what advice would you give yourself just starting out in medical coding?
0: Ask for more. Yeah. Ask for more. Don't be afraid to ask. Do you have anything else I can do? Can I can I grab your denials? Can I grab your? Yes. Yes. Can I take a look at that and see? um, Sometimes it's better to put the fire out permanently. Mm -hmm. What is the root of this? What is the problem with this? And You can prevent that moving forward. So I think that would be my, my advice to my young self is ask for more. I love that. I love
1: ask for more. That was how I kind of built myself up a lot in the time when I was just starting out. You know, I, they wanted volunteers who can go and get CPC certified. Sure. I'll do it. And then it was, you know, Hey, we're doing a transition to the uh, practice management systems. We're going to move all of these practices that we just acquired to our system. Right. And you go out to the practice and uh, backload all of their schedules into the new system. Yeah. Okay, sure, I'll go out and do it. And it led on to different things. And it was the things
0: that the projects that no one else wanted to take. You Everyone learned so much, about, I'm yes, sure. Yes. Right? How do, The scheduling process of, of the... There's a, I, there's a formula to scheduling. Yes. Right? What gets booked in the mornings? What's in the afternoons? How do you keep the flow going? And you wouldn't know that if you hadn't worked on those types of projects. And then I got to put on my resume, I
1: have worked on an implementation team for installing a new electronic uh, medical record practice management system. So yeah, it was... You got to volunteer. No one else wants to raise their hand and volunteer do it because in the long run, it'll really serve you. That's right. Um. So now, as the president and senior consultant of Sterling Global Solutions, what is your vision for the company and for its future? Any new products, services coming out
0: that you're excited about? So I, I'm very excited to. uh, My company focuses a lot on compliance. Um. In that big picture, so compliance from the Billing side of it, the coding side of it, uh, implementing periodic audits internally, and not just doing it for the practices, but teaching the practices, having that working compliance program in place. So it includes education, education, education. Um, I think that if if I could see the vision, it would be to bring more solutions to practices so that they could be successful. Mm. Um, and, and that's going to take bringing in new coders, yeah. new billers. Those that are curious of compliance, um, sometimes you say the word compliance, and I get the impression that a lot of people think, right? Oh, my gosh. No, no, we have a department for that. Yeah. Wait a minute. But let's change the word to how do you know? So you think you're doing a good job, but how do you know? That's compliance. Mm-hmm. It's that that fact-based assurance, not right. In my heart, I do a good job, but how do I know I'm really doing a good job? And uh, I think that's something, too, that people should realize goes great on a resume. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a 95% collection rate in the outstanding AR that was 1.5 million outstanding when I got it. Technically, that's compliance. You were able to go in and find the facts and fix it, put some new processes in place. You bring in that, that extra revenue And you don't even realize that is compliance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Everything kind of ties back to
1: compliance.
0: I think I I used to have a
1: boss that would say everything comes back to coding. Because (laughs) (laughs) you you would get a denial and it would be, oh, there's codes on the denial. So it's a coding problem.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All roads lead back to the revenue cycle. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know that we have to have revenue cycle. Um, business is a me- medicine is a business, yeah. you know, and uh, we've got to remember that. Yes, we're here to care for those people, but at the same time, in order to do that, there's a cost involved, and we we've got to find that fine yeah. balance there that keeps
1: the lights on, keeps the roof over our head. Right, and it's unfortunate because sometimes we're like, do we wish we, you would be getting billed for this? No, I don't like getting medical bills. No one likes getting right, medical bills, right. but. We're just working in the confines of the system that we have.
0: Right. And, and we're always trying to preserve fairness. Right. So and we can still advocate and we can still promote. Right. This. Right. But is it is it fair to charge the insurance? Is it fair to charge the patient without their knowledge? Is it is it fair to get more than what you agreed for? Yes. I think that a lot of the industry, we need to keep that word in mind. It's, yeah. it's fairness. And, and if we are fair then we are compliant and we are good stewards of our contracts and and able to continue this great business of medicine. Yeah, (laughs) I love it.
1: Well, thank you so much, Christine, for taking the time to meet with me today. I will link below everyone, all of Christine's socials. You can connect with her on LinkedIn. You can go and check out Coding with Christine Hall. And uh, thank you again for coming with us. Thank you. It's a pleasure, Victoria. Thank you.